Hello, beautiful people. Happy February 20th. 2021. Wow, that was a mouthful. I guess 221, 2021 would be more interesting tomorrow. I don't know. Today's important. My friend Dr. Brett Stone is getting married today on purpose. I know, right? It's it's really interesting because this is not the girl he was with when I met him just four years ago. And it's okay. What I watched happen was as Brett grew and developed in his own recovery, he realized he wasn't ultimately, you know, happy for the long run. And he met this other beautiful lady. And I guess this is the one. This is the recovery version. And it's really, it's pretty cool because... They have been on a journey together. And of course, you know, things have been very interesting, (laughs) at least the last year. But they're a beautiful fit. They have a nice family and a nice house. And I'm just excited. There's only going to be like 30 of us at the wedding. So I feel a little VIP that I get to go and hang out with them today. Hopefully I won't freeze my tuchus off because I'm going to wear a dress Uh, anyway, let's get to our stuff today, but take note, the reason I shared you, shared with you about the wedding is because I want you to know it's okay to change and grow and evolve in your recovery. It's, it's okay. And it actually, I think it's confirmation that you're doing it right. And sometimes the people that were with us when we were gambling aren't the people that we need to be with forever or or like in my case the person that I was with going into recovery isn't the person that I'm supposed to be with all this time into my recovery so that's pretty interesting too we all we all change and grow and it's it's kind of cool to be in a place where we can acknowledge our own growth And I guess this is hot on my head because I interviewed a lady last night for the other show, but I'm contemplating posting it here too in case you don't listen to the new show as well, the Recovering Entrepreneur Show, because we actually talked very little about business, but really talked about those pivotal points in our life where we were at the bottom, just the fucking bottom, and what it takes to to get out of that for starters well to survive that I guess would even be a better way of saying it how to survive it and then to look back with reflection and observation so that if there's other things you need to grow from or learn from or build on you, you can be self-aware enough to know that that's going on. And then the, the next step, which I find to be one of the most important, is to have gratitude for those journeys. <laughs> it's freaking hard if uh, they're painful ones. But if you, if you can survive and get to the other side, which we're all capable of doing, it's just a matter of you knowing you can versus knowing you can't 
or feeling defeated or feeling alone. And and after our after our talk last night, my she went on and onto her Facebook and just spoke from the heart about our chat. I guess it was very impactful for both of us. And the ironic thing was we've been trying to get this interview done for probably close to two months. And the scheduling, I dropped the ball. She was the one that I didn't show up that one night and I felt horrible. And just life has been happening. But it was proof after having this conversation after the last couple days I had that we were exactly perfect. We were talking yesterday and that was when we needed to talk at least that's the way I'm taking it so okay let's get to business I'm five minutes in and I didn't even start the readings yet I'm feeling a little sappy today I don't know why okay so Dalai Lama says in our inspirational calendar today our prime purpose in this life is to help others if you can't help them at least don't hurt them I really like that. And I, I honestly, that was never, never a thought of mine when I was gambling. I, I never thought that life's purpose was to help others. It just never crossed my mind. I knew I wanted to in the business world. Like I wanted to make it better for my floral managers. And I thought that getting promoted and getting into a a a better position of influence that I could do that. And I think I did that along the way. And I definitely am very proud of the things I accomplished in my career and the people that I've acquired because I met some amazing people and there's so many of my floral managers that I've worked with that have just evolved and grown in their careers, in their passions as humans and um, that's very rewarding. But now this path is is definitely where I'm supposed to be and to take everything that's happened along the way and be able to turn it to good and, and be able to help others is just, it's just fantastic. And it makes sense that that's our life's work. And I really don't want to give the other part of that quote too much, too much power. I, I'd like to think that people don't intentionally hurt people it's important that I guess we call it out and say, hey, listen, if we're not helping, don't hurt. But I don't think that that's who you are. I don't think that the people on here are out to intentionally hurt people. So yeah, I'm not going to dwell on that too much. All right. What does our Body, Mind, Spirit book say today? Can you believe we're only about a month away from doing daily readings every day? It's, It's crazy to me. I have no sense of time. I don't know about you guys, but time is is just so confusing anymore. How long have I been, you know, essentially in this apartment and, and doing the things? And sometimes it feels like it's been 10 years and other days it feels like it's been five minutes. So I have no perception. Maybe that's why we do things by the date around here so I can keep track. <laughs> All right, here goes. Charles Darwin says... The highest possible stage in moral culture is when we recognize that we ought to control our thoughts. What rules us? Possessions, passions, mistakes? Early in recovery, we may have, su- we may have been surprised to discover just how much these things rule us. Maybe we, critter- maybe we criticize ourselves 
mercilessly, maybe we're people pleasers or slaves to perfection and feel worthless when we fall short of another's expectations or fail to work the perfect program of recovery. Some of us, now financially stable, have become slaves to things, wanting and inquiring until we find ourselves again on debt's doorstep, or maybe we become rigid with self-discipline, unable to loosen up and enjoy life. The demons of self-doubt, self-criticism, fear, and rigidity all show their faces early in recovery. Struggling with them is part of the process of change. The struggle doesn't mean we're not making process or that we're slipping back into the old ways, but that we're facing our problems and taking responsibility for our lives. We can learn from these struggles. Asking ourselves, who owns me today, can give us the best answer of all, just me. Today, help me learn to find and keep my freedom. Help me be my own self. Wow, there's a lot of a lot of things in here, and hopefully I won't forget everything that just appeared in my brain when I was talking to you. So the first part of this talks about what's ruling us, and it calls out possessions, passions, mistakes. One of the things that I think is very common in this world, especially the more, I see it more here, and I don't know if it's and by here, I mean in New York and in the recovery circles that I run in here, all the cross addiction. And I don't know if it's just because I'm more in tune to it or people talk about it more or there's just so much crossover, for example, between Alcoholics Anonymous and Gamblers Anonymous. And I've heard, I've heard some very powerful stories about people in recovery. Like I know people who have 20-something years away from alcohol, but, you know, 10% of that or 5% of that in, in free or gambling free time. And the question that shows up is why, why and how can I be in a 12 step program or how can I be in recovery and not know better and let gambling control me? or fall trap to gambling. And I've heard a lot of them say that they were more suicidal and desperate from gambling than alcohol ever made them. Now, I don't know if it has to do with the substance abuse versus behavioral. I won't, I won't pretend that I know the answer to that. But there are, there are things that get in the way. And, and when, passions, what rules us and passions is one of the ones, the first thing that jumped in my mind is work. Because I also know people who maybe aren't in recovery, but quit, quit drinking or quit the thing. And now they're workaholics. And that one isn't so much on the radar. We might look at that and go, oh, well, it's good. We're, we're sinking, throwing ourselves into work. And I've just seen people get lost in that. So I think it, I think it all comes down to balance. Maybe we criticize ourselves merciless. I still can't say this sentence. Holy moly, so maybe I won't even try. Unable to forgive ourselves for the smallest error. So these, this list of things, think about this, if this is how we feel when we're in early recovery. Being a people pleaser, slave to perfection, feeling worthless because we're not meeting other people's expectations. 
or failing to work our recovery perfectly. And this is this is why I'm okay screwing up in front of you guys. When I miss an interview week or I'm just not perfect being here, part of and this is this is going to sound this is going to sound horrible probably. It's not that I'm lazy, I swear. But I don't edit these shows. You guys know that. You get you get the sirens in the background. You get my trip over my words. You probably get my ums and my so's and my whatevers. However, by showing up here every day, not only does it help me, but what I want to show you is it's okay to not be perfect. And I need to give myself grace the same way you guys need to give yourself grace. It's okay. As long as we're we're doing the next right thing or we're in the mindset of doing the next right thing. Because even that, if you want to do something and you're thinking about it, that's to me a step in the right direction. It doesn't mean you have to solve everything today. It doesn't even mean that you have to take action every single day. Some days we just don't feel like it. And again, we can have the grace and forgive ourselves in those cases. The demons of self-doubt, self-criticism, fear, and rigidity all show up early in recovery. And that's so true. And I'll be honest. Well, I'm always honest, I guess. I, I am trying to break myself of that habit. Somebody called me on it last week and I was like, yeah. And I know better too because when people say to be honest, it usually means they're about to lie. And, and that's what bothers me about saying it is because they don't lie or at least not intentionally or yeah, I honestly don't lie. See, I said honestly. Okay. <laughs> this is the self-awareness stuff. Oh my goodness. But even after time passes, it's very, it's very possible that the fear and the self-doubt still show up. If I wasn't in this world of entrepreneurs and a bunch of people that are trying to work through this, hey, I want to help people, but am I worth am I worth helping other people? Is my experience and my knowledge and my approach is it worthy? Am, is it okay that I show up in the world? What gives me the right to say I can help people? That's common stuff that we all have to get through. So it's recovery in its own sense of the word, which is part of the correlation and why I see so much value in talking about this stuff on the Recovery Entrepreneur Show is because those feelings, whether we're early in recovery or early in our journey of, of going into the public or into teaching or coaching or all the things that, you know, my new friends are, are doing, these feelings show up. And it says here, struggling with them is part of the process of change. The struggle doesn't mean we're not making progress or that we're slipping back into old ways, but that we're facing our problems and taking responsibility for our lives. So that's it, guys. It's part of the journey. And you know, I had a meltdown this week and it was all based on fear. And it was a fear that I have not felt very much the last couple years. And I I had been very confident and the situation is is changing. And it, I was allowing fear to creep in because things weren't happening on my terms and fast enough and the way I want them and the way I think they should be. And basically, it goes back to the conversation 
that we had about shortcomings and paying attention to our thinking and our opportunity areas. So for me, I looked at self-doubt as as a as a character defect, honestly. I I don't want to have self-doubt or fear. And processing that, this is where community comes in. Having conversations like I did last night or recognizing the steps and it it took me a little while. I was just chatting with with uh, the the ex and the conversation was around so here's what happened. I saw a picture on Facebook that was just really cute and it, it made him me think of him. Now I knew he would enjoy it and he's going through some stuff right now. So I sent it and what ended up happening was I was really reflecting on the fact that a year ago right now, I couldn't even pick up the phone to communicate with him in any, any sense of the word. I was just so freaking hurt and damaged and frustrated and all the things that come from big change like that. And to be able to just be like, this is my friend. He was still put in my life for a reason, whether we're together or not together, it doesn't even matter anymore. Like, I don't, I don't think about him quite that way anymore. But I do know that I care about him and I've always loved him. So it makes sense that we're friendly or that we're in each other's lives. And I think we've been able to talk about a lot of things and help each other the last couple months, which is really all that matters, right? Going back to helping others as long as we're not harming and that was why I didn't speak to him because I would have harmed him. I would have I would have absolutely been hurtful and malicious had I talked to him any sooner than I did. But when we were talking this morning and, and kind of acknowledging how our relationship has progressed, one of the things I said to him was, I mean, I'm very proud of how I handled myself because I really did. I, I treated this situation with love and kindness and respect and and he always got hung up as long as we've been talking now about deserving and because I want to practice what I preach and because I feel this way I don't think it's about deserving I do for me if if he was still the same man that I stopped talking to when we when we started communicating again, I would not be in this situation. It wouldn't be good for me. However, in the background, he did the work and he's moving forward in life and he's a different man now. Is he perfect? No, absolutely not. But he's working on it. And I had to acknowledge that this morning to him too, because that was the way I was feeling. It was like, yeah, I'm proud of how I handled this, but I'm actually proud. This is this is the point I made to him. I'm glad that I have some level of trust with him again. And he didn't grow and change and all of that for Bobby, right? Or to get us to be friends again. He grew and changed and went through some fucking hellish stuff this last year but on his own journey, on his own time. 
And because he did the work for himself, that makes it where I can be in a friendship relationship with him and feel really good about it. And I feel this way about not just him, but anybody in recovery. The parents who are estranged from their kids, for example, this is what this reminds me of. They may think they have to do for appearances to get their kids back. Here's here's a secret, guys, and I'll tell you it works. It works every time that I've ever known. If you do the work for yourself, if you want to live a better life, uh, a bet-free life, an honest life, an authentic life, and you're doing that through recovery, the people around you, the people that belong in your life around you, will notice. They'll take notice. They may be skeptical in the beginning, but they will take notice. And eventually, because you're being true to yourself and a good human being and you're doing the work, people come back to you. And and that's all in your control. Now, it might not happen on your timeline. I will be completely honest with that. But it it will happen. But here's the thing I want you to think about. You know how it'll never happen? If you never do it for you. If you're trying to do it for other people, they're going to see right through that. It's really interesting because so many people's stories I've heard are about them coming into the GA rooms because their spouse said to or because they wanted to either get the pressure off from the spouse or do the thing for the spouse or rehab or whatever. People are doing it because their family members or their significant others are putting the pressure onto them. Usually the story goes like this, and this is the way I've heard it. I don't hear it this way from the beginning. Most people will say, yeah, I tried GA X amount of time ago. I was doing it. My wife made me do it. She was going to throw me out of the house, so I had to go. And a lot of times the stories are, I went, but I wasn't really there. Or I didn't really buy it. Or, or some people even used saying they were at a GA meeting, but they were really out gambling. And then the story continues to them being in the room, being their authentic selves, sharing this, that they really weren't buying in, they weren't really working on their recovery, and they weren't really doing it for themselves. But once they figured it out, like once they went back out, once they did the things, and once they got in the room for themselves, the whole thing changes. And they start healing, and they start recovering, and they start growing. And then all of a sudden, in the context of these stories, they're saying, oh yeah, me and my wife are getting along great. Me and my husband are getting along great. And you know, we still have to do the work, but this actually made our relationship better because now we talk about the hard things and now I have to be 100% honest. There's no more secrets and all of those things. And then what happens is there's this better relationship on the other side. Now, there was a time that I thought that that guy was the guy, like that there is just no better person for me. And where I'm at today is... I still 100% believe that he was put in my life for a reason. I don't believe anymore that it was for a romantic reason. 
although I've even learned a lot about being in a romantic relationship from being in a relationship with him. And I believe that that'll make me a better partner. But he is part of my recovery journey. And I would not be the same person I am today if I hadn't met him. So it's, it's in the beginning when I was talking about those things we have to go through and then getting to that other side and having gratitude, that's where I'm at with that. Here's the other thing. This is going to be twisted and maybe not make any sense, but I will share part of the secret to how I got here. It was by having gratitude and, and love and by being the person I needed to be for me to get me to be able to forgive him and to get me to be able to be in this relationship that we have now where we can be honest. Even like if things come up that still are like triggers for me or that piss me off, I can now say to him like, whoa, this is, nope, I don't feel good about this or or whatever. And that's my recovery speaking versus if I was still hiding and not doing the recovery stuff, I might not tell him. I might let it build. I might let it go back into my bucket as the negative shit filling it up. So this is this is what recovery can do for us. And I'm just grateful for that. And I told you, I'm kind of sappy today. And it's okay. Between the conversation last night with Denise, the conversation this morning, and then knowing just knowing what's coming and that I'm at a pivotal point where it's okay to be a little afraid, but I can't live in that because then it'll paralyze me. And I need to just remind myself to believe in myself. And that's what I'm asking you guys to do today too. This is big homework, right? Think about what I said today and think about, are you willing to do the work to get through all that uncomfortable shit early in recovery, the middle of recovery, wherever you're at, and do it for you, not anybody else. Now, I don't know if that's really what the reading was about today, but that's where I landed, and that's what I needed to put out there today. So I love you, beautiful people. I hope you'll give this some consideration. It has to be super hard to take someone else's word for it. It's part of the principles of GA, right? sharing our experience, strength, and hope, and I'm, I'm trying to share it with you. And, and maybe it'll click, whether it's from listening to me today or hearing the message over and over in different ways. It's just crucial. It's crucial for your sanity, for your quality of life. And I just want to be proof that it's possible and let you know that there's plenty examples of proof that it's possible. All right, beautiful people. Enjoy your weekend. I will be back with you tomorrow. And I appreciate you. 